Welcome to Politicus, the only podcast that discusses politics and public service from the Portuguese-American perspective. Here we discuss everything from federal policy, local issues, and U.S.-Portugal relations with the goal of driving more discussion and awareness of the issues affecting our nation, our community, and what we as Portuguese-Americans can do about it. And now, Politicus. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Politicus. My name is Angela Simoes, and I'm here with Denise Borges. Hey, Denise, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Angela? Doing well, doing well. And today, we have our first supervisor, uh, county supervisor, that we'll be speaking with, Craig Peterson, who is a Kings County Supervisor, District 4. Welcome, Craig. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, thanks for the time. We... Um, so we're just going to jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got your start, you know, and then also a little bit about Kings County specifically. Sure. Yeah. So the the start was, uh, you know, growing up on a farm as a young man and just enjoying that. We, uh, from the farming side, you know, we raised dairy replacement cattle, corn, cotton, uh, wheat, and anything else that seemed to turn a profit. And so as a young man, that's where I grew up. I had a dog and a, and a BB gun and, you know, learned farming from a very young age, went through local grammar school, high school here and, and uh, two years of junior college and felt I knew everything I needed to know and uh, dove in, in as a farmer. So that was in the early 80s, 1987. My dad and I formed a partnership and that was in 1987. And uh, we operated under that for a number of years. Um, well, even currently exist, but um, got exposure, you know, kind of the political side from the agricultural industry. I served in a number of positions. I chaired the cotton industry, the California cotton industry, the California Cotton Growers Association, the California Wheat Commission, uh, served as chairman of our county farm bureau. And, and so really formed a, I don't know if I want to call it a, a love, maybe a love-hate relationship with, with how politics and, and uh, things of that regulatory things affect uh, the farming industry. And, and uh, from 1988 through, you know, 2002, 2003, I was in uh, Washington, D.C. on an average of four to five times a year trying to wow. affect politics. You know, later in, the, in my life, I, uh, in 2002, I currently at that time, I was uh, chairman of our local farm bureau. We had some concerns about uh, some air quality regulations that were coming down. Uh, EPA and the Clean Air Act were looking at uh, dust issues and you know effects of health on folks. And so I had some questions for the 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 person that uh, held my seat currently. And you know I, I called my county supervisor, who uh, we have a local air district that's made up of county supervisors, one of each uh, county in a in a region from Bakersfield all the way up to. Uh, Merced. And so anyways, I called my local air rep and said, hey, we have some concerns from an industry standpoint, and I'd like to talk to you about them. And I, I made that phone call, and I didn't get a return phone call. And I made another one, still didn't get a return. And I said, well, maybe we'll just have to have this discussion in public. And so I decided to run for uh, office the first time in 2002, ran, uh, made it through the primary, and lost the general election by about 150 votes in my first attempt and uh, ran against a guy that was a three-term incumbent. And uh, so I learned a lot about that, but 
midway through the process, my father passed away, who obviously is my uh, farming partnership buddy and, and lifelong dad. So that changed kind of everything, um, kind of refocused on farming operation. And, and you know, as a, as a son, you never really have control of, of how things go and, you know, as a partner. And it really gave me the autonomy to, you know, look into my uh, farming operation and, and make some tweaks that I wanted to make and just was extremely successful. And, and uh, I've done that for a number of years, but today with, with all of the uh, regulatory effects that are hammering down on top of business in California, made a really tough decision to uh, sell the farming operation about two years ago. And mm-hmm. not that it was financially strapped. It was just the regulatory side and, and being, you know, our, our operation was about a thousand acres. And, and uh, so the, the economics of an operation that size and, and all of the regulatory burden that fell on me just decided it was time to move on. And so sold the property and reinvested in, in commercial property and went back to my next love, which was, uh, you know, the political side of things and, and having the opportunity to, to make a difference in my community. And that's in 2015, ran for office and was elected. And I'm in my third year of my first term and, and enjoying every minute of it. So at this time, you're considering continuing on with uh, in the supervisor role? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's an interesting job. And, you know, the uh, the learning is sharp and, and uphill. And so it takes you, uh, it's like anything else, you'll never quit learning. But, you know, learning a lot of the different policies that affect, you know, everything that the county does with respect to, you know, I mean, we're the last provider of, you know, health for those that can't afford health care, child care issues, fire protection, police protection. You know, the, the list of that the county does is is a long one. So having the opportunity to step into that and to learn some of that and, and to you know, take a late leadership role in your community is is something that I was very fortunate that uh, the community bought into. And and again, as I've said, you know, just really enjoying serving my community. And Craig, as Angela said, uh, a little bit about, uh, if you don't mind, uh, we have international uh, podcasts. And so we have listeners throughout the U.S. and not only uh, throughout the U.S., but different parts of the, of the world. A little bit about Kings County, because uh, at times when people think of California, they think of Hollywood and San Francisco and maybe Silicon Valley. But uh, Kings County is kind of in the heart of uh, the San Joaquin Valley. Right. You know, we're this little uh, little uh, county of 150,000 people. We are driven by agriculture, you know, probably 90 for 95% of of uh, the economy is is agriculture in Kings County, and uh, we do have three prisons in the county. Um, one of which is known for housing Charlie Manson. Um, not something we want to be known for, but but uh, <laughs> again, you know, we are an agrarian-based society, and and so it really plays into the suit of knowledge that that I have, and and uh, it's just a an enjoyable role. Um, the challenges are. Are always great, you know, a small county trying to fund all the mandates that the state sends down, you know, all of the health care uh, side of things. Um, and then, you know, from a, from a tax base standpoint, making sure that you do uh, all you can responsibly with uh, the tax dollars that, that, you know, our community provides to operate the county. And, and uh, so 
Yeah, it's, it's a great county, great, uh, great community. Uh, you know, there's four major cities, Hanford, Lemoore, Corcoran, and uh, Avenel. So not a big county. You know, I, I was talking with a, a county supervisor out of San Diego a while back, and he represented over a million people, you know. So my, my district, I have 27,000. So we get a little better intimacy. We have no staff here. We all operate under our own accord. Um, we make all of our appointments. We book all of our appointments. Our uh, travel is, is on our own and not, not from the cost, but uh, no, it's really a great thing. After being an employer for, um, you know, most of my life, I, I really enjoy the autonomy and, and kind of enjoy, uh, I, I guess I would enjoy having staff if, if it was, a, you know, something that we could afford, but it's not. And so I get to have that direct contact with my constituents. One other question in that aspect and, uh, you know, getting yourself involved in the political world. And as you mentioned, uh, you're basically now obviously a supervisor and employee of the, of the county and of the state and of our government system. But before, with your involvement in all these different agriculture commissions or uh, industry-related commissions that you were part of, the Farm Bureau, et cetera, how in your thoughts have uh, been, you know, a Portuguese background in a county that has a, a pretty good population of Portuguese background, uh, Americans of Portuguese ancestry, how is uh, your involvement or how do you look at the Portuguese community and how that has kind of shaped who and you are yeah. today? Hey, you know, I clearly, you know, I, I obviously very proud of my heritage. Uh, you know, my great grandfather immigrated from uh, uh, Peak. You know, so it's something that you grow up with. I think, you know, part of the, the challenge today is staying connected. You know, I know we, we uh, all attended a meeting, this caucus meeting in, in uh, Sacramento recently and, and gave me kind of exposure to that organization. And, and uh, but, you know, growing up as a young man, that was was, uh, you know, a good portion of my uh, heritage is Portuguese and. And the dairy industry, you know, seems to really fit a lot of what the, the Portuguese heritage heritage um, contains and and uh, brought over to this country. And but more importantly, you know, the work ethic. And and uh, you know, I tell you that that work ethic is is you know immeasurable and hard to to uh, replace and and or to, or to even explain. You know, I mean, it's just people that that you know they want to do what's right for their family. They work hard come up for air every once in a while and then put their head back down and go back to work. And, and I think, you know, from that, that side of things, you know, from, you know, sometimes I think as, as a, someone of Portuguese heritage, sometimes we overlook the importance of, of being involved in government. And um, so it's been nice uh, to have that exposure and, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of who I am and who I spent and, you know, obviously the county is is a, a very large uh, dairy county, although, you know, local pricing uh, state or statewide pricing has put, you know, some of those folks in a tough spot. And we've lost probably 50 to 60 dairies uh, in this county over probably the last five years just due to uh, milk pricing. But uh, it's not for the hard work and, and uh, success that they all had. And so it, it hurts to see to see folks leave you know, the industry, but again, you know, they're proud people and they land on their feet and, and, uh, they go back to work and, and, uh, do it again and, and, uh, make sure that their families are, are provided for. Talking about 
milk pricing. And then also, you know, I think if anybody has heard of Kings County outside of California, they may equate it with water issues. So what are some maybe misconceptions or things that you would like people to understand about what's happening in Kings County and what's driving those prices and things like that? Do you want to, is there this opportunity to really educate some folks on, listen, we're here on the ground and let me tell you really what's happening here. Well, you know, I think um, as our country grows, you know, and, and when you look at California again, I know we talked earlier about, you know, people know where Los Angeles and San Francisco are at. And so we're this small agricultural agrarian based society that's caught in between, you know, basically as two cities is uh, roughly about 10 million people. And I will always remember this number. And it's that, you know, in the early 1900s, 99% of Americans had a direct tie to agriculture. You know, their family members were either a farmer or their aunt or their uncle. Everybody had to grow their own food. So there was always this acknowledgement of the importance of food production from, from a health and safety standpoint. And today, less than 1% of Americans have any involvement or knowledge of, of agriculture. And so with that comes challenges. And one of those challenges, obviously, for us um, in production agriculture is, you know, water is, is the sole source of, of uh, plants and growing plants and, and survival. And, uh, you know, there, is, there has been, you know, obviously a move to, to uh, reallocate or, or maybe a lack of knowledge just of, of the importance of, of water to the food supply because, you know, people aren't involved in their very busy daily lives. And so trying to educate folks, um, you know, there hasn't been a new water project built in California since the uh, mid-70s, yet, you know, our population then was 15 million. Today it's approaching 40 million. And so it's put a big stress on the infrastructure of California. And, and with the Central Valley being a very small voting base, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, educate folks into the importance of food and food production. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, 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 the reality of, you know, there is an industry in the Central Valley, it's agriculture, and, and it's important to the, the rest of the world. California produces about one third of the food consumed in the United States. So when you think of it from a, a national, you know, safety perspective and, and uh, making sure that we never get to a position where we can't feed our people, that we have to import food, mm -hmm. it's just that, you know, people kind of take for granted, you know, I mean, we, mm -hmm. we were a mature uh, country that, that, you know, food is abundant and it's affordable. And that's really the success of, of, you know, U.S. agriculture and, and uh, California agriculture as well. And, and uh, so trying to educate folks on, on the need for water when, you know, people can't water their lawn in Los Angeles. Well, how come? Well, a farmer needs it to grow food, you know, and, and uh, for, for your livelihood. And, and uh, so it, it, it's, it's been a very difficult period of time. And then coming through now a five-year very, very severe drought, one of the worst, if not the worst drought that California has ever been through. And uh, with that, a new state law, it's called the, you know, California doesn't have a groundwater law. You know, it's our, our water has never been adjudicated to groundwater. 
And so the state has started that process and um, called the uh, Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. And that's going to require that, you know, we look at how much water do we pump from the ground? How much do we get from surface supplies, meaning from the mountains? You know, California is, has this wonder, wonderful Sierra mountain range and, uh, you know, snow accumulates on those uh, mountains. And then in the summer when it melts, it's captured in our dams and then moved through rivers down into the agricultural region and, and used for, you know, ag production, recreation. Um, you know, cities use it for uh, supply, you know, water supplies, drinking water supplies. So it's been a real challenge for us the last five years. And, and uh, you know, all that with some expanded production in the uh, almond and pistachio and walnut production side made it very, very difficult. And, and obviously political boundaries have been, uh, been uh, offended, I guess is a <laughs> way to say it. And, and uh, but, you know, again, the, the difficulty of, of agriculture is it speaks with such, you know, a small pop base of the population and, and in turn, you know, a small vote. So it's been it's been a been a tough time, but we're working on it. Our county's involved with a a, a project. Uh, there was a, a state bond passed. It's called Proposition One, um, providing seven and a half billion dollars to increase water storage in California. Um, our county is a, a member of uh, a five county region that's trying to um, or is applying for funds for this prop one money um, we've applied for about 1.6 billion to create a water storage uh, there's an existing lake called Millerton Lake and there's a proposed uh, facility that would go behind that uh, that would increase uh, the dam size and and currently it only holds 500,000 acre feet it would take it to 1.2 million acre feet uh, create a more sustainable supply that could capture water this year that that um the san joaquin river which is the river that moves the water out of the sierras through millerton lake uh lost 2.5 million acre feet to the ocean because we couldn't capture it and hold it you know for these dry years and to replenish our groundwater supply which is now part of this mandate through the uh, sustainable groundwater management act we have to show sustainability for every acre foot we pump out of the, the ground we have to show a way to put it back in to make our groundwater table uh, sustainable so all of those things have have um, have and continue to impact the direction of uh, you know the historic agricultural region that we live in and and they're they're all challenges and and the great thing about this industry and in talking about you know the Portuguese Portuguese heritage is, is, uh, you know, we don't give up, we keep working, we put our head down and, and come up for every air every once in a while and, you know, try to figure out the best direction and then put our head down and go to work again. And I guess that's the process we're in today is trying to uh, solve some of these major issues that we're faced with. And so I noticed um, in looking at the, the Board of Supervisors, just from name recognition, it looks like there are two other Portuguese on the board with you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah. so how, you know, because just you're talking a lot, a lot about, um, you know, the work ethic and, you know, put your head down and really figure out this problem. Because so it sounds like, because sometimes on this podcast we ask, you know, are there issues in your county that address Portuguese specifically or is it more general? And 
it sounds like because of the strong Portuguese population that, you know, these water issues and these, you know, milk pricing issues that are closing dairies that are affecting Portuguese families, it's, it's, even though it's a general county issue, it's affecting a lot of Portuguese people. Do you find that having three Portuguese on the board of supervisors provides a unique dynamic? Have you noticed a difference between, I, I mean, I don't know if they've been on the board for a long time or, um, but maybe talk a little bit about how that dynamic works and working with other, other groups. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a great relationship. All of, all of them have, um, well, uh, one comes from agriculture. The other comes from a trucking company and then uh, managed a water district, a community water district. And, uh, but they're all, um, you know, hardworking folks that understand the value of a dollar and, uh, the community that we live in. And, and while, you know, I mean, there is never that specific, um, you know, hey, this is about, you know, our Portuguese heritage or anything. I think it's ingrained in us just because, you know, the amount of, of uh, the population that is Portuguese. And, you know, it's it's just, I guess we, you know, I don't know how to say it. We, we don't take it for granted, but, you know, it's part of part of who we are and, and how we make our decisions and, and how we go, go about making those decisions. And, and uh, so it's it's wonderful to have folks, you know, that, that um you know, I think our board has a great dynamic to it. You know, we don't always agree on everything, but, um, you know, we're, we're a lot like, you know, every, you know, Portuguese family that you might come across, at least that I've experienced, you know, in the, in the agricultural industry and, and other businesses, you know, they're very mindful, they're very conservative, they plan well, and, uh, you know, they plan for the, the tough times. I know that's, you know, my grandfather always instilled in me was, you know, and I, I, even today, you know, now not so much since I'm not farming, but um, you know, from the budgeting side of running an operation and and you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best, and and uh, you know, I think that's that's a good mindset to have, uh, especially in the government scenario. I know there's a lot of demands on on uh, funds, and uh, you know, there's never enough to go around, and you can't give everybody everything they want. So it's really helpful to have you know, good, solid event uh, individuals working with you that, that have that common sense, you know, and mm -hmm, I, I think mm -hmm. one of those things that you don't always find um, <laughs> you know, is that, that common sense that says, you know, Hey, I'd love to give everybody everything, but you know, common sense tells me that th that's just not, you know, realistic and we need to work from a, a position of, of uh, you know, or taking a realistic approach to what we have to deal with, and and uh, so, no, it's it's a great relationship, uh, wonderful. Our our board, you know, is is a, a really solid group of individuals, and and it's been a real pleasure to work with them. Craig, as you mentioned, uh, we had a little get together meeting uh, summit in the Sacramento here in California, first week of uh, June. There were quite a few. Um, Portuguese Americans of various generations, from immigrants to second, third, fourth generations, who now serve in public office, were present, along with a wide group of community leaders from cultural organizations, social organizations, etc. And um, I wanted to see if you could comment a little bit on the, you did already on the how you uh, thought that it was an important meeting, 
but how do you see Portuguese Americans of various generations, whether they themselves came over or was their parents or grandparents or great grandparents, how do you see this network building up? Is this something that could be important for others throughout, not just uh, the region, the San Joaquin Valley, but throughout California, throughout the nation? And Palcas is doing that and at various fronts that uh, we could have a little bit maybe of a better network of people knowing, for example, what, and they will now with the podcast, what Craig Peterson does in Kings County, but what other uh, areas are doing, commissioners or county commissions that are called in the East Coast, or other people in states and uh, uh, local and uh, even in, at a national level. Is this network something that you think might benefit you personally as a Portuguese-American in public service? Well, you know, I think, again, it goes back, you know, kind of to the heritage side of things for me. And, and uh, you know, I mean, just from a general standpoint, people are so busy today. You know, our families used to get come together so much. And, and today, you know, I mean, here I, I'm a father of triplets that are getting ready to start college this year. And so the demands of being a father, the demands of being a farmer, the demands of being a supervisor, you know, it, it our lives have become so cluttered with, with information and, and things, you know, just things that we think they, that need to be done that, you know, our, our heritage and, you know, the things that we're most proud of about our heritage sometimes slip. And, and I think it's always important to be able to look back and, and, and understand those things and, and to be proud of them and, and to cherish them. And so organizations like that, um, you know, for me, now in my life where I look back and, you know, I've probably lived, hopefully I've only lived half my life, but you know, I'm 56. So I probably lived a little more than half. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I, they're invaluable. You know, I, there's, there was a pretty good, con there's always been a, a, a pretty good contention, a uh, number of folks that uh, content contingent of uh, Portuguese Americans in the uh, California state legislature as well. And, you know, one of my friends recently informed me, you know, that, he had applied, uh, I think, while uh, assembly member and then Senator um, Jim Costa was in office and uh, time there that, you know, they were able to get actually a, a minority status established for Portuguese Americans. And this friend of mine established a business where he is supplying products to the state um, corrections facilities. And a portion of that has to be purchased by from minority businesses, at least 30%. And so, you know, it's, it's little things like that, 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 you know, provide recognition that, um, you know, we are a people of, of California and, and that, you know, things haven't always went just right. But, um, but I think that's, you know, the, the, the job of government is to, you know, create some sort of level playing field for everyone. And, and, uh, but, you know, having said that, um, again, you know, I, I think it's just bringing that heritage to, to the country that you live in and, and, again, that work ethic and, you know, trying to share that and, and instill that in other folks and, and to, you know, provide knowledge to our youth as well of, of mm -hmm. you know, the further removed you become from, you know, your, your country's homeland, the more difficult it is to... Um, to retain that knowledge and to pass it on. And, and so it's organizations like this, that, that really, for me, you know, bring, bring that home and, and, and to allow myself and, and others to connect with, uh, you know, folks 
uh, Portuguese heritage that are in business, that are in government, you know, that's, that's just gravy on, you know, on, on the top, you know, being, creating those associations, you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, you may be able to, to use at some point down the road and, and, uh, and then we always have that heritage in common. So I think that those are kind of the big things for me that, that, um, you know, really established in, in meetings like we had and, and, uh, truly enjoyed getting that and, you know, has inspired me. I've never, never been back to the homeland and I really want to go. I want to go back and, and touch, you know, one of the folks that was there made the comment, you know, that he had went for the first time, uh, I don't know, about a year ago. And he said, you know, when I stepped off the airplane and I took the first breath, my whole body just kind of relaxed and felt mm-hmm. like, you know, I was home. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the questions that we usually end the podcast with is, um, you know, if there's some bits of advice or a call to action and I think, but I think you gave a really great summary call to action there. And, and in your last comments there, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I think it's a great message that I hope our listeners take to heart and really, uh, you know, follow your lead. We do, we have uh, come up on our time, unfortunately though. And I, and I know that we could, we could keep going. And so I think we'll just have to have you back on, uh, you know, in a few months and, and catch up with what you're doing then. And, but then, you know, in addition to your great comments, then any final thoughts you'd, you'd like to end with? Well, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to connect and, and uh, you know, to be able to force, not force myself, but to allow myself to, to reconnect with my heritage. And, and it's things like this that, that allow that to happen. And, and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if we're, we're on our own, it's like, well, I've got something better to do, but, but when the opportunity comes and presents itself, you know, it really allows you the, the autonomy to, to kind of take a moment and, and uh, look deeper. And, and so that's what I appreciate about this opportunity and, and, you know, the past meetings that, that have been held is that, you know, you get to get to take a moment, maybe of a bit of selfish time and say, you know, that's my heritage and I need to mm-hmm. remember, pass it on to, to my family. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you so much, Craig. We really appreciate your time and um, best of luck, you know, continued, keep up the good work and thank you, Dinesh again for your time. And thanks to our listeners out there. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please click that subscribe button on either SoundCloud or iTunes uh, or anywhere you listen to podcasts and please share with this podcast with friends and family. We need to further the dialogue and get, get our community much more involved in public service and, and um, participating in, in the political conversation. So thanks everybody out there. Thanks again, Craig and Denise. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks all. See you. Too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Politicus, the official podcast of Palcus, the Portuguese American Leadership Council of the United States. Palcus is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community at large. To learn more about Palcus and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palcus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palcus.palcus.org. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palcus. <laughs>